well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> the following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We are at minute 35 of Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, how are you this evening? Well, I just want you to know, whatever Clytus has told you about what I've done since we last recorded, it isn't true. Dude is always making stuff up about me. His agents are always making up lies about you, Eric. I don't know yeah. what that's about. We are joined yet again by Jake from Dark Knight Minute. Jake, how are you? I'm great, and it's true. Whatever Eric did, I saw him do it. <laughs> You're the agent! You know, we invite you into our Flash Gordon Minute studios here, and, and you know, we, we give you some milk and cookies, and you betray me. It wasn't blue milk, so I was offended. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Wrong show. Here, here's, here's a question, Jake. There was a period, and seems like we're a little bit on the other side of it, but there was a period where Batman himself, Christian Bale, if he wasn't in every movie, they were trying to get him in every movie. There was a period of time where he was the go-to actor that every franchise, every studio wanted to have. If they were to make a Flash Gordon minute, and it's just a matter of time before they do another Flash Gordon film, do you think he could have been a convincing Flash? Obviously, And what would you think his Flash would have been like? No, he could have, because like when he was getting ready for um, Batman Begins, he put on a lot of muscle, and they actually were calling him Fat Man because he, he put on too much weight, um, because he couldn't fit in the suits, and so then he had to slim down. Um, and he, uh, through the films, he progressively gets a little bit smaller, more, you know, but like in the first film, he was really jacked. So he could have, he could have played a football player. Now he's, he's six foot one, I believe. He's not like as tall as, as, you know, Sam Jones, but he could have pulled off a of flash Gordon. He's done many a different film and he's a great, he's a great actor. He's kind of a jerk, I guess in real life, but you know, he, he could have played a football player. He's yeah. He's, he's a, a, a passionate about his craft. And, uh, of course, the, the infamous uh, good for you re- <laughs> recording from Terminator Salvation, although being on, involved with Terminator Salvation would make anybody cranky. That makes that makes perfect sense. I feel like once, like, the original Terminator franchise film, like, kind of stopped and, like, they started making all the newer ones with an older Arnold Schwarzenegger, anyone in those movies is going to be cranky. So here's a little thought experiment, and I, and I think we've done versions of this before, but Jake, can you think of somebody in movies now that would make a good Flash? Oh, a good Flash that has like the type of build, athletic, you know, kind of charisma. I would think um, that kind of like makes me laugh kind of a little bit. That could do comedy along along with like serious I like a Chris Hemsworth kind of it kind of fits the mold. I know he's already in a comic book movie, you know, playing Thor, but I feel like his mold would fit kind of like this the um 
the Flash Gordon mold of what they were trying to do. Um, in terms of like, you know, the height, the muscle build, but like in terms of like who I would like to see play Flash Gordon, there's a lot of good options out there, but it's just like it's hard to narrow them down to one. I, I like the idea of Hemsworth. I'm a Hemsworth fan. He's shown good com- comedy chops. Uh, as of this recording, I think they just announced that he and Tessa Thompson, who played Valkyrie in the most recent Thor movie, are set to be in a new Men in Black film. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a little different. Is she going to be like the Agent J? Is he going to be like Agent K? Yeah, I think they've certainly uh, hinted around to that. Uh, that at this point, there's no plans for Tommy Lee Jones or Will Smith to be in it. So it seems like they've been taking over those archetypes at least. So eh, yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But that's a that's a good. We'll see if they can. Because like I liked him in you know um, Thor Ragnarok. They kind of played off of each other, but like I don't know if they could like. It's kind of hard to beat that Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith dynamic that was established in Men in Black. Uh, definitely. All right. But getting back to this minute, uh, Eric, what happens in minute 35? Well, um, Aura and Ming are having a little chat here as they watch Flash brought into his doom. And I think we get some more insight into Clytus's obsession with Aura. Uh, he loves telling Ming about her escapades. Um and I, I just, I, why would Ming want to know or care? So Clytus tells Ming, oh, you know, I saw Aura, you know, with her doctor. They went over to Siberia. I know that Ming and his daughter were improperly flirting, you know, a few minutes ago, but I, I just don't know why the why Ming cares what Aura's doing in her free time with uh, all the guys she has. I, I think it's less about him caring about what she does in her free time. I think he wants her to know that he knows. It's sort of like just a gotcha. I know what you know. I, I know who you're seeing and what you're up to. Uh, but of course, everything's so weird with those two. It's, it's hard. To, you can probably come up with a def- bunch of different answers, all weirder than the last, and they still would be feasible. Yeah, and Aura's lie. I mean, she says, "Oh, you know, Clytus is always making things up about me." I mean, her her lie that Clytus is lying is just so incredibly unconvincing. The only thing that would be believable about her lie is just like, ah, I don't really see her going for that doctor, but eh, we're, we're going to find <laughs> us other stuff soon. So I know, they, they could have gotten, they should have gotten a, a more pretty doctor. Yeah. You need one of those, uh, how shoot, what's the show? You know, a, a, a Grey's Anatomy doctor, you know, somebody who's way too hunky to be a doctor. I think they need Dr. Drake Grimori. <laughs> Jeez. Eh. Jake, you you have your uh, your your you you definitely have your '90s comedy sitcom stuff uh, trivia down. I try, you know. I think he should have showed up and been like, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> and it would have been great. It definitely would have been great. We could have used a Joey Tribbiani uh, sighting in this film. Actually, Joey Tribbiani uh, would have fit in very well with a role in this movie. Yes, yes, he definitely would have. Uh, <laughs> Uh, possible Flash, or you know, if Flash had an even dumber best friend, that would have been uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he does play a football player later on in life, doesn't he? No, I'm thinking of a different movie. Nope, doesn't fit. I apologize, but you know, it, it's 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 just one of those things that they like. I don't know. There are some attractive people in this sh- movie, but they got like kind of this older, ugly doctor. Maybe she just likes guys with with long flowing hair. 
Uh, or maybe they're just showing she's willing to lead on and manipulate anyone that she can get value out of. Well, and we'll talk more about her relationship with the doctor. It's obvious that she's not just stringing him along, but is it she's willing to sort of let anyone into use and have fun with anyone that she can you know perceives as can be advantageous to her or not so that's uh yeah yeah perhaps that's why they got somebody who looked dignified but not hunky yeah well while we're discussing him i googled him the actor is stanley labor l-e-b-o-r labor labor a british actor uh and the intro paragraph in wikipedia lists a few of his top roles one of which is indeed this doctor well, it's a heck of a role to have. You know, um, she's she's like, we know that Jarf is the the optimist. She's the opportunist. She wants to find someone that she can, um, like I said, find value in that she could either use now or use later, which she does use later to help a certain Flash live. And she brought him to Sibaria as... Uh, Ming says it, which uh, there is absolutely nothing online to indicate if that is an actual planet from the comic or if Lorenzo Semple just uh, was looking at a map, saw Siberia, changed one letter and just went with that. Maybe it actually is Siberia, <laughs> but they, Ming, Ming just has a speech impediment. Uh, it's funny, looking at Le- Mr. Labor's uh, Wikipedia page as well, I see one of his last film roles that was uh, in, in his credits, uh, Quest for Peace, he was General General Romoff. A lot of range. So from Flash Gordon to Gandhi, and then sort of finishing up with a really, really terrible Superman movie. It happens. Not all of them get to have the great acting pedigree that um, Dale Arden, uh, Melody Anderson has, or Max von Sydow. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, one thing I liked in this minute, and this is another minute where it's uh, not a whole lot of action. You have this sort of this conversation between um, Ming and Aura, and which is great because it also sets up the dynamic between Clytus and Aura. But also, uh, as Flash is being led, uh, they're going to put him in the gas chamber. One of the guards grabs his arm, and uh, Flash showing some spunk. He he does. He's not gonna. He knows he's marching to his doom, but eh, he doesn't want these guys touching him. Yeah, and then the guards. I mean, they point their guns at him, and I was like, "Well, why bother?" I mean, the guy's five feet away from his execution chamber. I mean, they're. they're it, <laughs> I mean, who cares? They're pointing their guns at him. Did anyone else get a very Hitlerishy vibe in this minute? Well, I mean, Ming is Ming is pretty Hitlerish, you know. His uh, his soldiers are pretty SS like, and he's gassing people. You're right. There's well, there's just you know, dictator all about Ming, and uh, you can't think dictator, especially an American cannot think dictator without thinking Hitler in their you know like top five list. But uh, I had even taken in consideration the gassing part of it, which uh, yeah, it's a Hitler thing. Yeah, all Ming needs is a really bad hair comb over that's blonde. Well, and Flash is so strangely calm and accepting of what's going on here. I mean, one one day ago, he was literally the biggest star in the NFL, and now he's being brought to his death on another planet. He's just, he's so nonchalant about everything. Maybe he had a stalker that he figured that was going to kill him too. So it's like, if it wasn't there on Earth, it's going to happen here. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, he, he, Flash is uh, 
Yeah, he's he's pretty badass. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna let him see him sweat. So he just is just sort of marching. Shows a little bit of sass when the he doesn't want to be manhandled, but uh, you know, a lot of quiet dignity. So yeah, good for a Flash. You know, he's got his leather diaper on, and he's just like, you know what? They can put me in a leather diaper, but they can't make me lose my dignity. He's yeah, and he's thinking, you know, I'm rocking this diaper. I'm gonna I'm gonna look good going out. So. It's it's not an easy look to 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 make work. Probably checking out his glutes. And he's like, yeah, this, I'm I'm totally rocking this diaper. If I live out of this, I'm I'm totally taking one. He's home. glad he didn't skip leg day. I'm gonna wear it on the football field. <laughs> yes, never skip leg day. Good friends never let good other friends skip leg day. So, uh, Eric, what what else do we have in this minute? Three specific shots. First one is uh, we have the point of view of Flash approaching. The gas chamber. I love how Clytus stops to the entrance to the gas chamber, turns around to face Flash. I think I felt it just was like a cool shot, cool way that Clytus turned around and looked at them. Uh, the second one I wanted to call out is the close-up of the skull face guard when he does point the gun at Flash. Just you know, obviously no emotion. It's a mask, but just it's such a such a cold and unfeeling face, and it's just perfect for that exact moment. And then the third one is the prolonged stare between Flash and Clytus. Right before Flash walks in the chamber, he stops, he stares down Clytus, Clytus stares right back to him, and they hold it for a few seconds. And I think this is a really cool moment, and it reminded me of in uh, Empire Strikes Back, Hans being led to the carbon freezing chamber, and he and Boba Fett share a very similar stare right at each other also. Uh, So just in this one minute here, three really... Nice choices, I think, by Mike Hodges. To throw a bad movie out there, it's very much a Twilight minute where the whole movie or this whole minute is being expressed completely <laughs> in stares. Yeah, a lot of meaningful, a lot of meaningful stares. Having never seen any of the Twilight movies, and and guaranteeing I never will, I I don't get that reference at all. So we now have a a task for anyone <laughs> out there. Make Eric sit down and watch all four Twilight movies. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. Or at least the first one, because that's the most awkward. Well, not the most awkward, but that there's a lot of staring in that movie. No, I, I'm with Eric on this. I've uh, and sort of lucky. My wife is. Uh, she and I are not really in the age bracket sweet spot for those films, and uh, we're we're too. She's not young enough to fall for that crap, and my daughter's too young. So I was like, okay, I think we're going to be able to avoid this. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of terrible, terrible things my daughter is going to want to watch uh, when, when when she gets older, and I'm going to be I'm going to be the one sitting through it with her, just like my father. Uh, when my sister was at like 13, 14, 15, and her and her little girlfriends wanted to go and see New Kids on the Block, my dad was the one that drove her. Oh 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 oh. That's the right stuff. I, I think she once saw three concerts in two days. Of New Kids on the Block? Yeah. You know they do their own cruises now? Oh, I'm aware. There was a TV show following a bunch of people on that cruise. My wife went to high school or middle school with one of the uh, girls on the cruise. You know there's a Star Wars cruise, though. I'd go on that one. Oh, I'd go on that, sure. Here, here we go. That's a good question. Which musical act... Would you go on a cruise with uh, Jake? Let's start with you. Gotta give me a moment here. 
because I'm not even sure. Because I don't know if it would be any of the boy bands groups. That's for dang sure. No, it's just a musical act that you're into. And if they were to say, it's like, hey, we're doing a cruise. And you, and I, I, I've you know, heard how it works is you have a meet and greet. And then they usually do like an acoustic show. And then they have a big show. And then all the fun stuff that happens on a cruise. Oh, the best concert I've ever been to was Journey. So I'd go to like a Journey cruise because literally you're going on a journey. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I could see them doing that. Uh, there have been some also like 80, you know, best bands of the 80s cruises. And I could see Journey doing something like that. So that, that's a good call. That'd be fun. It would be because I saw them um, at an outdoor venue. And like I said, my goodness, they played so many great songs. It was a lot of fun. They were into it. The crowd was into it. And I could see a lot of people like going on that cruise um, cause like, I feel like it would also be like laid back cause it'd all be like an, some older generation people. So you don't have to worry about a little bunch of little kids running around and singing journey songs. What, when did you see them? Uh, last year. Who's the lead singer now? Arnel Pineda, little, little gentleman from, uh, from the Philippines that they discovered through YouTube. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. I remember them hearing talk about that. That'd be uh, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, Eric, what about you? Do you is there a, a, a musical act that you would want you would go on a cruise with? Well, I, I look at it as the combination of it's got to be a band that um, is among my favorite in music, but that also I think would be would, the party aspect of it. Also, uh, would be fun to hang out with, and so I've got two that I would have to choose from: either Faith No More or Wu uh, Tang Clan. Oh, yeah. Wu-Tang Clan would be a lot of fun. I mean, that would be a party. I'd like to throw out one other one, but this is just for me. I'd also go on a, a Weird Al cruise. Oh, sure. And that's another one I could see him doing something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I could see him doing that. For me, uh, one that I would call it is a guy who's good friends with Weird Al. And in fact, Weird Al has directed his videos. Uh, I, I would go on a Ben Folds cruise. A Ben Folds cruise, that'd be good. Is that is that before or after the voice off <laughs> or the sing off? The sing off. I uh, I he's funny. I liked this sing off. Uh, I liked his judging. Uh, apparently, he was a little cranky about it afterwards because of the way they treated his uh, one of his uh, other judges on the show. But yeah, he, I, he he he's done the cruises before. Last year, I want to say he also did a a trip to like a Benfold's trip to Cuba. That included like a so had performances and also like a car cruise through Havana in like an old uh, like 50 style American muscle car and I I don't think you actually went on that with Ben Folds but that was just part of the the tour as well uh, so that'd be fun uh, and Van Halen would be fun I'm a Van Halen fan I saw them two three years ago uh, the most recent tour was David Lee Roth and obviously everyone. Uh, performance-wise, they sort of lost their fastball. Uh, David Lee Roth can't sing as well as he used to, and Eddie's virtuosity has been dulled a little bit by age and substance abuse. But uh, still, put on a hell of a show, and I, I, it'd be fun to see them on a cruise. Oh yeah, you just gotta you gotta jump at that opportunity, you know. It'd be, a, it'd <laughs> if, be the, if if the cruise went to Panama. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yes, if you know that you know that would be the dream, you know in in. I fig- I figured you'd dance the night away. This could go on for a while. All right. So, uh, Eric, <laughs> what other notes did you have for minute 35? Uh, I've 
I, my, my notes for this week are complete. Well, I found it was when Ming was talking about how their tears are a sign of weakness, the humans. Yeah, that's um, that's a trope that's used a lot of time. It's just the, the, the always the arrogant alien species mocking us for our weakness and you know our, our being emotional, and uh, it ties into the last minute with uh, Colitis calling them pathetic. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that a good call. Thank you for bringing that one up. You know, they just. <clears throat> You know, I just feel like they just don't understand what, you know, what love is. And, you know, it's just kind of hard to understand that their type of, you know, thought process. Because for us, we've always been an, an expressive people, you know, as you can see in any form of reality television. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just don't have any beautiful girls in the where Ming's at. That's why he has all the concubines. All he <laughs> needs is a beautiful girl. <laughs> or some... You know, we're some pound cake. I don't know. He needs to. He maybe he's just hangry. Maybe he needs a Snickers. Maybe he's just not him when he's hungry. Or he just needs a pretty. I don't know. It would be great if someone just handed Ming a Snickers bar, like at the you know before the third act of the movie, and he's like, oh, you know what? I guess I really am overdoing it. <laughs> I just got a little bit. He's like, you really got me here. <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, these guys aren't so bad. God, let it, let Flash go. He's a Jets player. He's already suffering enough. All right, well, uh, Jake. What else? Uh, you know, it's, it's been an amazing week with you. We've had so much fun. Uh, what else did you want to say about Flash Gordon? It's a great film. If you haven't seen it, or if you know people that haven't seen it, sit them down and give them a movie education. Yeah, it's a really fun movie, and uh, we, we've been lucky enough we've had some fantastic guests and we really appreciate you know jake you're someone who's familiar with the movie and is obviously has a lot of love for it we've been lucky enough to have a, a handful of guests on that the first time they watched it was the week before they were on the show and it's great to hear the different perspectives both um someone like you who's has familiarity with the film and uh then the other people who was like i've never seen it before and this is and everyone's enjoyed it and it's just a fun, lighthearted, and good-spirited movie, and uh, there's definitely a place in the world for that. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just in this day and age where our world is so kind of drugged down with selfishness and people being angry and you know people killing each other, that it's kind of good to see a movie where it doesn't – It you feel like it's – they're poking fun of themselves a little bit, but they're doing it in a good fashion – and it's not meant to be so serious and it's a it's a great movie and um people really should like whenever i guest on shows i and you know most of the time i've already seen the movie and even if i haven't i'll watch that whole movie then watch my minutes because i like to get a broader picture of things so if you're listening to this one minute at a time and watching it one minute at a time more power to you but you should watch the whole thing first yeah, it's a fun movie, and uh, Jake, it's been a lot of fun having you with us. Uh, one last time, where can people find out uh, more about uh, Dark Knight Minute? Yes, you can find us on most podcatchers, the Apple iTunes, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Dark Knight Min. You can find us on Facebook at our League of Listeners page. Um, we're always having good discussions there, so come check us out. Because if you love Batman. We can be friends. And if you like Flash Gordon, 
we can still be friends because I still like the movie too. Um, and then you can also find us at geekmindfusion.com with all of our podcast episodes are there. You can also find some movie reviews and video game reviews that we do. And um, like I said, and if you can't find us there, you're probably in Ming's gas chamber. But don't worry. Apparently the gas chamber isn't, a, isn't real effective on Ming's world. Eric, where, where can people find out more about Flash Gordon Minute? Did we just lose him? I think he's been lost. Damn it. Well, you can find you guys on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod. You can find you can email him at Flash Gordon. I'm back. I'm back <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, Eric is just it just wants to kick you off when there's only a minute or two left. I want to bang myself <laughs> in the head with a hammer. Well, Eric, uh, Jake was nice enough to sort of call out where people can uh, follow us on social media. Um, but I'm glad you're back uh, for this last minute. It's always a, been a great week having so much fun doing this with you, buddy. Uh, and, and we're going to do it again next week. Woohoo! And 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 a a, a big shout out to my co-host Brad, who handles all this technical stuff that you, our fun, loveling listeners, hear the final product. But the amount of work that Brad has to put into getting there, whew. Let's just say I'm glad it's him and not me. The technical side is not the most fun part of this. Uh, we're fortunate that we have great guests and great guests who sort of know what they're doing. And I don't have to edit real hard. Um, and Jarf is, does such a great job. Uh, we got to say thanks to him for joining us at the beginning of this week and the excellent intros and outros that he produces for us. Um, it's This is, this show has been a lot of fun to do, um, but not everything's fun because uh, I got to – I have a challenge in my life now. A challenge? I was at the kitchen table. I was uh, making the kids breakfast. And my son, Logan, started singing the cheap trick song, I Want You to Want Me. And uh, the issue is, the issue is, Eric, now that now that my son knows cheap trick, I feel like all my work done as a father is, is, is just complete. Ah, well, if you feel like you're going to surrender to that feeling, don't worry. Flash will save every one of us. Attention listeners! Don't miss next week's provocative discussion of Princess Aura with Cosmic Geppetto Podcast Host of the Year, Kathleen Mocklin. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute.
Baby 